Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to Living Electric. We're both content creators and electric vehicle enthusiasts. And through this podcast, we hope to share our experience with owning electric vehicles and help you join the electric life. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Living Electric. Today, we're going to be doing a deeper dive into charging. I think we touched on it briefly in episode one, and we actually got a lot of good comments on it as well. So Brandon's going to share a couple of those because we actually got some some good comments from you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to begin, just thank you guys for supporting us and leaving your comments and giving us some good feedback on how to record our podcast. It honestly means a lot to us. Um, the the first comment I want to mention on YouTube is by bballer three four seven. He uh, or they mentioned as a Midwesterner in the Chicago suburbs, they're looking to hopefully purchase a Tesla this year. Uh, so they're looking forward to this podcast. So thank you for your support, bballer <laughs> Awesome, awesome username. <laughs> and then um, the next comment is by uh, Charlie Plunkett. Um, he was uh, talking about how our podcast is pretty promising, um, especially how Alex and I collaborate with each other and our individual styles complement each other. So thank you, Charlie, for that compliment and the, the comment on our YouTube channel. And then the last thing I we want to talk about is um, the, an email that we received from a podcaster professional uh, or someone who contracts to help people who are recording podcasts. Uh, his name is Ed with... What was it? It was Sonic Cupcakes? Yeah, podcasting? I think so. Sonic Cupcake, something like that. Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to Ed for giving us some tips and advice for audio recording volume levels and uh, just giving us some good feedback, um, especially randomly getting an email like that. That really means a lot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so definitely. Thank you, Ed. Yeah, and we, I, I don't know how much we talked about it in episode one, but we're definitely not re- professionals in this space. We haven't really done this before. We're kind of learning everything as we go. So any feedback you guys have or anything you think that we can do to make this podcast higher quality or sound better or just like it's easier for you guys to listen to, definitely let us know. We're open to any any comments. Absolutely. And, and also, too, I want to say if you guys do have any questions, let us know on Twitter, Facebook, wherever you guys can find our podcast. Uh, we're always looking to help everybody. Definitely. So. Yeah, these these first couple episodes, I think we're going to lean pretty heavily on topics we've discussed on the past and on YouTube, but we're definitely very open to any audience questions. That's really what this podcast is for, is for you guys. So if there's specific things you want us to cover, definitely reach out on social media, either me or Brandon or the Living Electric handles on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, any of those things. So first, we're going to talk about Brandon's video. He talks a little bit about the redesigned bolts. I think they're going to be coming out with a slightly different form factor. Um, And then we'll get into the EVs of CES. They had some new vehicles released there. GM had a big keynote where they talked about their kind of plans for an electrified future with their vehicles. Uh, New Sony vehicle, possibly a new BMW vehicle. Uh, There's also a new Porsche coming out. It was released in 2019, and they're just now releasing an entry-level variant that's a little bit cheaper and more affordable for somebody that's maybe looking for a luxury car. Uh, We'll talk about my video, Living Without a Home Charger, and then we'll get into, uh, do a deeper dive into charging, like we mentioned at the top of the episode. So... So Brandon, let's hear about your Bolt video. So uh, as a Bolt owner, I'm actually pretty excited about uh, GM's unveiling of the Bolt EUV, uh, which is their uh, electric crossover, their variant of the Bolt EV, um, as well as the brand new redesign of the Bolt uh, on February 14th with Disney, which is Valentine's Day. Um, Not exactly sure why they chose Valentine's Day, uh, but it's coming up. Yeah. 
is the so does EUV does that sound for stand for like electrified utility vehicle like I think so as opposed to an SUV I would think so yeah. but I'm yeah. not sure yeah yeah I'm not I'm not really sure I thought that maybe it'd be like electric utility vehicle okay. but it could be electrified yeah I don't know um yeah but um I think that they're just trying to keep it within the Bolt family mm -hmm. where Bolt EV I think that they're just trying to go up the the different versions um, but pretty much in my video, I just discussed some uh, teaser shots that we've seen from uh, Chevy's social media, um, some renderings that some uh, Photoshop editors have put together, um, as well as some uh, dash cam spy shots of the new Bolt that uh, General Motors actually demanded be removed from the internet. I saw uh, that. So <laughs> <laughs> hope your video doesn't get doxxed for including, uh, yeah. including spy images. Yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> but that also hopefully means not. if if they're asking people to take it down, it probably means that it's actually the vehicle. So yeah, yeah, I think they caught it like randomly testing in the countryside of Montana or something so like strange. that. It was just a random appearance. So yeah, so like I I kind of dive into things that like I'm hoping that they're going to be changing with the with the new Bolt as well as the EUB some expectations and um, just what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and your Bolt's currently in the shop, right? <laughs> yes. I don't know if you want yes, to get it into is. it or not, but I thought it'd be a good story to tell. Yeah. Um, so, man, I don't even know where to start. Um, I've had my Bolt for about a year and a half now, and my ownership experience has very, been very up and down. Um, it's has not been a very leveled ownership experience. Um, so my Bolt is in the dealership right now waiting for parts to arrive because there's a part shortage. Uh, the driver's seat has broke for a fourth time. And um, I'm not, you know, I'm not incredibly overweight. I'm not the healthiest, but <laughs> <laughs> the, I feel like the the seat frame should have pulled up. Yeah. Um, but apparently um, there's a shortage and it's been in the shop for two weeks now mm. um, with no idea when we're going to get our car back. Is that a so. is that a COVID shortage like from people not being able to produce parts? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I was talking to the service, um, the director, and you, their entire dealership lot is empty. Oh. Like, they don't have vehicles to sell. Jeez. It's, it's pretty sad. But I know almost every manufacturer is running into yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's not necessarily a Bolt-specific issue, so we don't want to scare you guys. Like, <laughs> so, no. it's yeah, got terrible. Seat yeah, seat doesn't sound like it's in good shape, but... No, no, apparently it's pretty common for Bolt owners to have broken driver's seat. That's, so. that's a shame. I don't know why, but they apparently redesigned it and reinforced it. So I'll let you guys know in like three weeks. Yeah, when it exactly. In. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and I, I've been looking on like some of the EV forums and stuff. There are some incredibly cheap bolts out there to buy right now. Oh, yeah. Like you can get them under 20 grand easily. And they're like, I mean, Brandon, you've had it for a while now, but it's still, it's still a solid little car. Like it's very capable oh, yeah. as an EV. It's got fast charging. It's got over 250 miles of range for the new ones. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's still a good car. So if you're looking to yeah, just kind of get into an EV, that's a good one to check out. Yeah, I, you know, I, I can say that I definitely recommend the Bolt in terms of like power and like how it handles. Mm -hmm. I love it. It's a blast to drive. Yeah, I test drove yeah. one. I think it was 2019, but I, I really liked it. It's definitely it feels like a normal car just with a little extra, little extra push. So, yeah. Yeah, a little pep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I agree. You can definitely find some good deals. I, I, we had a friend who was looking at one. It was eighteen thousand dollars off. Holy um, cow! Brand new. Wow. Yeah, and it was the fully loaded Premier version. So Damn. every option. Yeah. Damn. It's unbelievable. 
So not only is the bolts getting a refresh or a redesign, but there's also a lot of new EVs that came out of CES. I think, Brandon, you probably have better uh, better insight into that because you watched GM's whole presentation, didn't you? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So what new vehicles yeah. can we expect from them? So uh, GM is working on their Altium battery uh, plant here in Lordstown, Ohio. Um, so they're working on brand new uh, cells that are going to offer over 300 plus miles of range. And uh, the cool thing about these cells um, or these battery packs is that they're variable. So like you can have them in different vehicles. Okay. Um, so they're working on an array of cars, uh, pickup trucks, fully capable SUVs, sports cars, uh, you name it. it, it pretty much they're going to be unveiling. I think by 20, I think it was 2025 or 2028, they're going to have 25 brand new electric cars Okay. Um, that people can buy. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll see. I feel like so many companies were like, oh, we're going to have 12 electric cars by 2020. And then it's like 2020 and none of them have electric yeah. cars or they're not good electric cars. So I'm hoping yeah, that pans out. Volkswagen, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Lordstown plant is pretty cool. That's right here in Ohio. I think you've driven past it a couple times too, right? They're making pretty good progress yeah. with it. Yeah, I, I. it's been a few months since I've been there, but from like the drone flyovers I've seen, they're pretty much done with the outside of it um it's gonna it's going to be huge yeah yeah that's right what it looks factory like. size another cool thing that um that gm announced at ces is a company called bright drop uh they are designing cargo vans as well as like electrified pallets oh. for logistic companies interesting electrified so, pallets okay yeah yeah I thought that was interesting too. Um, so basically they're like boxes with um, with electric motors in each wheel. And it's supposed to help with um, physical strain on like employees oh, okay. um, as well as autonomous features. So like, I believe that these like um, boxes can just, you can just place them out of the truck and they'll go and deliver and then bring them right back to the truck. Huh? I think that's what they're hoping for. That's pretty cool. Almost yeah. like a mini forklift kind of to like roll it around instead of like lifting it up and driving it somewhere. Okay. Yeah, kind of, okay. kind of. And um, I do know that they're all connected. So uh, Bright Drop's main um, feature, like characteristic, is that they want everything to be an ecosystem. So um, companies can keep track of where their shipments are, where things are being delivered, um, where their employees are. So it, it seems like a pretty cool thing. And I know that it's all mobile active. Yeah. So like people can just use iPads or whatever to keep track of hmm. uh, items. Interesting. So we also saw the Sony Vision S, which we originally saw at CES in 2018, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was in 2018. 2018. But it, it looks a lot like a Model 3, almost like, I want to say a Model 3 and a Porsche Taycan like combined yeah. almost like <laughs> yeah. it's it's a very sleek design uh, and people mm -hmm. loved it at CES. Like there was so much coverage of it and people were very excited about this and it was a Sony car, which is kind of weird, but you think about sony like they produce all kinds of different electronic stuff so this was kind of just a fun project for them to show off all of their different features i mean sony makes oh, screens yeah. so they could put some screens in the car they make chips they make all kinds of different electronic stuff so kind yeah. of showing all that yeah. off but since it's done so well i believe they're gonna start producing it at some point i think so um i know that when they first teased it they said that they weren't going to bring it into yeah. production but I, I agree. I think since it was so well regarded, I think they have customers yeah. <laughs> that would purchase that. Yeah, definitely. 
So there's so, that. And then BMW talked a little bit about their iDrive, which is kind of their whole electrified line because we've we've <laughs> we've had the i3 for a while now, the i8, and I think they're going to kind of take that to the next step. Yeah, with their uh, iX SUV, mm-hmm. and I know that they've been teasing their i4 um, uh, electric sedan, yeah. which I think is kind of similar to like a 3 Series or a 4 Series. Mm-hmm. So um, they're going to be unveiling that soon. Yeah. And then Porsche came out with their entry-level Taycan, finally. Um, so it starts at yeah. just under <laughs> 80000 I think. But that's with, like, no options, bare bones, um, <laughs> like, nothing added. Because yeah. as soon as you add, like, better seats, it's like, goes up $2,000 or something ridiculous because it's Porsche. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Porsche is definitely known for their long list of options. <laughs> so. Yeah. But they are yeah, still I'm excited about that. Yeah, they're still eligible for the tax credit. So you can get $7,500 off uh, by buying a Porsche. So that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Makes it a little more the affordable. I definitely wouldn't recommend it for anybody that's like their first EV, unless it's literally going to be like a nice luxury car and they've got other cars mm-hmm. with them, quite honestly. Um, yeah. But it's cool that Porsche is kind of getting into that market because I feel like their their cars are so so crazy <laughs> oh yeah and, and you know believe it or not the Taycan's actually becoming their top seller yeah um yeah they're outselling almost every other one of their vehicles yeah so yeah, yeah. i have not yeah, driven just... one of those yet but i th- did you get a chance to drive it not yet i i have an opportunity to do that okay. but with everything going on with the pandemic yeah I'm not gonna... yeah not yet at least yeah that's a video i definitely oh. want to do this year same i really want to go drive one we we have i think about 10 10 around us Oh, damn. Um, okay. Like, yeah, people who own them. Wow. And they're, I mean, like, you see them coming down the road and they look like nothing else out there. Yeah. Yeah. They're super <laughs> they're futuristic. Beautiful. One day. That's kind of a dream. <laughs> <of mine. laughs> yep. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so, my video from, uh, I guess it was two weeks ago now, because it dropped the same day that we recorded episode one, I believe. Yes. But yeah, I, I talked so. about living without a home charger. So for those that don't know my situation, I bought my car in 2018. So, or sorry, 2019. And at that point, November 2019. So at that point, I was driving into work every day. And fortunately, our office actually has over a dozen chargers. They're all level two chargers. So I'm able to charge at work. I would just drive there in the morning, plug in, it'd be up to 80 or 90%, whatever I chose by the end of the day, no problem. Um, And it stayed up there because I had a very short commute to work. I would drive to work every day, plug in, no big deal. Come March, our office decided everybody's working from home now, rightly so probably, Um, but I lost access to my charging. So (laughs) I was kind (laughs) of stranded there and didn't really have a good option to charge at home. Uh, so luckily the apartment I was living at had a charger at a bank right across the street. So then I would just drive over there, plug my car in, walk back to my apartment. Cause it was like less than a five minute walk and wow. would just leave my car charging there throughout the day if I needed to, and was able to charge up most of the way. So I did that for a while and it was okay, but as it started to get colder, it definitely was less comfortable because I didn't enjoy the lunch walks anymore. It was more of a like <laughs> lunch journey in the cold to go pick up my car or drop my car off. Um, yeah, I can picture that now. Yeah. <laughs> we recently moved complexes and we are now living in a complex that doesn't have any sort of level two charger within like three miles of it, I think. I think the closest one is just over three miles away. So not quite within walking distance anymore that I could do quickly. That's probably like an hour (laughs) or so walk. um, And I don't really want to run. 
So yeah, especially in the winter, <laughs> especially in the winter, especially in the yeah. winter. <laughs> so my best option right now is I've actually got a supercharger probably about 10 minutes away. And that's what I've been doing basically the whole time is, uh, once a week or so, I will drive over there to the supercharger, plug in. If I don't have any errands to run, I'll just sit there for the half hour and maybe get some work done on my phone or scroll through social media or whatever. Um, but it's also right next to a Kroger that I can go get groceries at. So that's what I've yeah. actually been doing the most often is anytime we got to get groceries, that's the Kroger I suggest to my girlfriend that we go to. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so we'll plug in my car and within 20 or 30 minutes, it's charged up most of the way and I've got enough charge to last to last the week so oh that's perfect yeah so i'm definitely looking forward to getting back in the office i think we're supposed to around like june or july so i'll have access to my charging again but for now my apartment doesn't have any charging i actually asked about getting a garage here and the garages don't have plugs in them at all the only plug oh, they, they have don't. i actually kind of snuck into one of the garages to see what it looks like um it's completely <laughs> bare on all of the walls there's no plugs or anything, but there is a single plug where the uh, garage opener plugs into. So there's oh, one in the, ceiling? in the ceiling, but it's only one plug. And I'm not sure how much current those pull because if I tried to like put oh. an extension cord or an adapter on there and my oh, car was charging yeah. and then the garage door tried to open, <laughs> I feel like it <laughs> might trip a breaker because that's a lot of current that it's pulling. So yeah, yeah, true. So for now, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of riding it out. It's it's definitely not convenient to go to the supercharger, but I think it's about as convenient as visiting a gas station, quite honestly, because I would go probably about once a week. It would take 10 minutes of my time. Uh, it's usually when I would go get groceries because I stop at the Kroger and most of them have gas stations. So mm-hmm. I think it's it's pretty comparable to a gas car right now. Um but it can be done, I guess, is kind of the the point of it uh, in the point of the video is you can do it. It's definitely not the most convenient thing. And my general recommendation for anybody is not to get an EV unless you have access to a charging on a daily basis because that makes it the most convenient. I know mm-hmm. Brandon charges car at home. It's like no big deal at all. You can probably speak more on that. Well, that's when I have a car. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's when it's a thousand. Yeah, but it, it is it is really nice. Um, I can I can attest to that because there there was a long time before we had a home charger, and I would just use the the mobile charger. Oh, and it would take like yeah, long time to charge. Yeah. So in terms of charging, we've been talking a lot about different levels of charging. You'll hear us say level two or fast charging or supercharging, and I think people that aren't experienced with EVs or haven't researched them a lot, this might be pretty foreign to them. So Mm -hmm. we really want to deep dive in here and talk about what all this means kind of on a basic level and then kind of see where the conversation goes, see if we get more in depth from there. So Brandon, do you want to talk about like the the levels of charging? Definitely. Um, I will definitely keep this overview or an overview. Yeah. (laughs) Not dive too much into it until future episodes. Um, but really the way that you could look at it is that you could keep it simple as a three tier, um, explanation of charging. Uh, so the first one is considered level one. Uh, this would, this is what you'd find like at a typical household outlet. So then a level two would be something that's more high powered. This would be something like a 240 line or a public, 
uh, charging station that you'd find like at a uh, grocery store or someplace that you'd be spending a little bit longer time charging there. This would probably charge your car in about four to eight hours. So this is typically what you would plug in overnight. And then a level three would be something similar to like a Tesla supercharger or what um, what is considered to be a DC fast charging station. So this is something that would charge your car at a high power output and that can charge your car anywhere from say 15 minutes to one hour, uh, depending on what your vehicle can accept. So these are pretty fast charging stations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the the level one or the, we usually call it like trickle charging, that's the cord that is included with the car in most cases. So that just plugs mm -hmm. into a regular wall outlet, like your laptop or your phone, anything like that. And obviously those kind of plugs really aren't built for electric cars. They're built for small electronics or <laughs> smaller things. So that's not gonna charge your car very fast. I know on my car, I typically see around five miles of range added per hour. Mm -hmm. which is incredibly slow, but I have definitely done it on road trips before when I've stopped uh, to stay with family. I will plug in there and five miles of range per hour doesn't sound like a lot, but if you're charging overnight or charging for multiple days, that can add up very quickly. So I definitely recommend always keeping something like that with you so that you can plug in. Yeah, I will say that's good for in case of an emergency too. Absolutely. Like, uh, similar to like what I mentioned earlier, I didn't have a home charger for a while. Yeah. Um, so I had to plug in and overnight I would get about 80 miles, which would cover my 50 mile commute exactly. easily. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's very doable. Yeah, so then level two, like Brandon was saying, they're mostly in pl public areas. It takes anywhere from four to eight hours to charge up all the way. That was what I was using at that uh, bank across the street from my apartment. That was, that was a level two charger. I wasn't able to charge up all the way, but it was enough to, to get the job done. And this is what you'll usually see in like shopping centers and stuff. I know the outlets like 45 minutes north of us have them. Um, so if we're mm -hmm. driving up there for the day and spending a couple hours there, it's it's very nice to be able to plug in there. Absolutely. And, and it's nice to have something like that at your house too which is a similar power output, but just a smaller package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the level <laughs> two chargers the are typically what people get installed on their garages when you get an EV, and it's definitely the route to go. You can you can get by with the level one chargers, but the level two helps a ton. And it's the same voltage as like your dryer outlet. It's essentially what they usually mm -hmm. install. Um, and you can, actually, you can either get a nice charger like Brandon has, or you can just get a regular 240 volt outlet installed. The, both those options mm -hmm. work. So for level one and two, those are AC charging, that's alternating current charging. And without getting too technical, those chargers essentially act as a switch for to turn on and off charging. So when your car is plugged in, that AC charger, which it's not even really a charger in this case, it will switch on and start providing power to your car and the actual charging happens in your car. So when you plug in, that AC power is delivered to the charger in your car, and that gets converted to DC, DC direct current to charge the battery. So battery charging has to occur with direct current and level one and two are AC. So all the charging happens in the car. And then when we move up to level three, that is direct current charging. And that's why it can charge so fast, is because those are actually charging your car. They're providing the power. You can plug it essentially directly into your battery to charge up your car. Yeah, actually, I'm glad that you mentioned that because <laughs> that's actually stuff that I forgot about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't really had to talk about that yeah. <laughs> since Tesla. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I guess you'll hear a lot of people refer to them as electric vehicle chargers, but I guess the correct term is EVSE, which is electric vehicle mm-hmm. supply unit. Those cover the whole umbrella of charging, level one, level two, and level three. But level three are the only true EV chargers. Like Brandon was saying, the superchargers are typically what you see at level three. We've also got a huge network from Electrify America. That's probably the network mm-hmm. you use most often, right? Most often, yeah. For road trips and things like that. Yeah. So the the network is getting pretty big. If we want to get into kind of road trip stuff, we can. Um, that might be a better future episode, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like yeah. Road tripping yeah, with an EV. It- yeah, absolutely, because I feel like we could definitely get into details about that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard to talk about EV charging without getting super technical because it is kind of a mm-hmm. technical thing. It's not like gas where it's just simple. You put it in your car and then it goes. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's there's a lot. It gets pretty complicated, but I think if you understand those three levels, I think that makes it pretty easy. The only other thing that might be a little confusing for anybody that's new to an electric vehicle are the different charging connectors. That's probably Mm -hmm. the other confusing part. Um, And Brandon and I actually did a video on Chargeway, which did a pretty good breakdown and makes it very easy to understand. They essentially split it up into what they call like electric fuel. So their charge Mm -hmm. levels are all the same, level one, two, three, and then after three, it goes all the way up to seven, I believe, right? Yes. Yeah. For the most powerful. Yeah. Cause DC charging can vary incredibly widely compared to level one and level two. Those are pretty straightforward, but at level three, you can get anywhere from like 50 kilowatts. I think, is that where yours typically charges? Uh, it actually starts around like um, 25 kilowatts. Okay. That's what they consider. Yeah. And then it goes all the way north of 350. Yeah. So, so it can get incredibly fast window. and it's, it's getting faster too. So, mm-hmm. so they use like those levels of charging and then they split the different connector types into red, blue, and green. So red are like the Tesla chargers, the Tesla connector. That's what I have. Mm-hmm. And I've got a little adapter that I can carry around that works on all the public stations. So there's, yeah. I guess there's, there's probably four main time types of connectors, right? Yes. Yeah. For now. Yeah. For now. So (laughs) I've got a Tesla. That's what I'm most familiar with. So I've got the Tesla connector. There's also the J1772. Some people call it the Mm -hmm. J plug. What else do we call it? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. That's going to be the most common uh, plug for electric vehicles. Yeah. um, Besides Tesla vehicles. Mm -hmm. So we got the J plug. And then for fast charging, we've got the CCS adapter or ccs combo which is kind of it looks exactly like the j plug but it's just got two extra ports on it for the fast charging yeah which is another most common uh dc fast charging standard yeah and then chadmo is you actually did a video on this but chadmo is kind of it's gonna end up going away (laughs) yeah at least in the united states yeah i think yeah yeah chadmo it starts for it's an acronym uh it starts for charge and go or charge and move um, so believe it or not, the Chatamo is actually the fastest charging standard out of all of them. Really? Uh, they can charge upwards of 400 kilowatts. Wow. Um, but no cars can take that right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Chatamo is a uh, technology. I think that's going to fade away here in the U S yeah. Yeah. in favor of Tesla and the CCS. Definitely. 
like for my car, I have the Tesla connector that is the port of my car. So I can plug in any supercharger directly to my car. My mobile adapter plugs directly into my car. But for uh, J plugs, those are the other ones that I'm compatible with. I've got this little adapter. It's probably like two or three inches long. Um, mm -hmm. And I just plug the J plug into that. And then that can be plugged into my car. So pretty easy on that side. Uh, for fast charging, you can buy a Chadmo adapter for the Tesla so that you can fast charge at Chadmo chargers. But I don't believe there is an official CCS adapter from Tesla. I think some some companies have worked on it and there's one released right now, but I'm not sure how official or how safe it is to use. I, I actually, Tesla does have a CCS adapter, but it's only in Korea, right oh, now in South Korea. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not exactly sure why they chose that market instead of doing like a global launch. Yeah. Um, but I think eventually Tesla drivers will be able to use that. Interesting. Um, and it's much smaller than the Chatmo adapter. Yeah. <laughs> so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Chadmo adapter is pretty big. It's expensive too. I think it's like four hundred plus dollars to buy right now. Um, yeah, but it's like yeah. it's probably two or three feet long. <laughs> so you got to yeah, plug the Chadmo. Yeah, and it's heavy. <laughs> so you got to plug yeah. the Chadmo adapter or the Chadmo plug into that, and then the other end plugs into your car. So that's all the options I think on the Tesla side in terms of adapters. But you can use basically any charger that you want. Um, you're not necessarily limited by charging based on the vehicle you have there are a lot of adapters out there absolutely and and as we mentioned the charging network uh here in the united states is growing rapidly yeah for almost every electric vehicle mm -hmm. charging standard so it makes road trips and charging a lot easier definitely so what about your bolts what's like charging and adapters like for you so for my bolt it uses the ccs adapter so it can charge up to max around 50 kilowatts on a good summer day i've seen upwards of 57 which is something i didn't think it was capable of doing nice. so it, it works really well um over the summer i managed to do um two road trips down to west virginia and bowling green kentucky upwards of 2,000 miles and the car's only rated about 238 miles and uh, i could do it thanks to those um, fast chargers it's it's been really easy to find the charging stations using apps like chargeway and and plug share and locating public charging stations the one thing i do wish is that the bolt charged just a little faster mm -hmm. it's it's doable um it takes about an hour to get to 80 percent fortunately those stations are placed at like grocery stores or gas stations which is ironic but it's kind of nice <laughs> uh, <laughs> being out of sheets and uh, just places where you can go out, stretch your legs while your car's charging. Yeah. So overall, it's been a pretty good experience with charging the Bolt. That's good. And you, you've you got yeah. the J plug on there, so you can plug in basically any public charger. Like the only ones that aren't compatible, I guess, is like you can't pull up to a supercharger and plug in. Like there's no adapter for that, unfortunately. No. <laughs> there Well, there is an adapter for um, Tesla's destination chargers. And I guess we can talk about that in a future video, what those are, or a future podcast, my bad. <laughs> The destination chargers are places like bed and breakfasts, or um, sometimes you can find them at grocery stores or hotels. Yeah. Um, but there's an adapter you can use to plug in a uh, Tesla port to a J1772. Okay. Um, but it's third party, and I don't know exactly how safe it is, but people swear by them. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's called like a, a, a Tesla tap. I think oh that's yeah i've heard of that okay yeah because tesla doesn't only make superchargers they also make destination chargers which are they're essentially level two chargers just with a tesla plug on them but i can't go to a supercharger yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think those are software locked and yeah dude, those are 
Yeah, I think if it didn't recognize a Tesla car, it's just not going to start the charge. So in terms of charging, when you first look at it, it might seem like, oh, it's going to take forever to charge my car. It's going to waste so much time. It's going to take like so much time out of my day. But in reality, when you're charging your car, it's typically when you're parked somewhere where your car is already sitting. I mean, think Mm -hmm. about how much time you're actually driving your car throughout the day. It's not it's probably not more than an hour on a typical day unless you're somebody that does a ton of driving. So you've got 23 plus hours out of the day that your car is literally just sitting there. So anytime it's parked, that is an opportunity to charge. And like I was saying, like I would drive to work, my car would just sit in the parking lot, might as well Mm -hmm. charge it. So, and I mean, for, for Brandon, when he drives home, it's sitting in his garage or in his driveway for however long overnights or even longer, and he can just keep it plugged in while it's sitting there. Yeah. The way I look at it is that if you plug in your phone every night, it's really just that simple. Yeah. You get home, plug in your car, and then it just charges. Yep. And you wake up to a fully charged battery. Yeah. Similar similar to work because I, I had a work experience too um, where I could just plug in in the morning and get in my car on the way home and it's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So I think a lot of people get like kind of tripped up by that and especially range kind of plays into that too. So if you see like, oh, well, this only has 250 miles of range, like I'm, I'm, not going to be able to like get to work every day and it's like well i mean you're leaving you're leaving your house every day with 250 miles of range it's not like (laughs) it's not like you (laughs) most people aren't in a situation like me where they're worrying about trying to go fill up when it gets down below 20 percent or gets down below 50 miles like most people are leaving work or leaving their house with a close to full charge every day and and i think the statistic says that like 90 percent of americans have a less than 50 mile round trip commute yeah so unless your electric car can only handle 50 miles, it's going to be capable of doing yeah. that. Yeah, and I yeah. know a lot of people with even like first-gen Leafs that get like less than 100 miles, like literally just use them for a commuter car. Yeah. And I think that's that's the place I think a lot of people are starting to see themselves with an EV is have an EV for commuting if you've got like a single working family home and your other car then can be a gas car or a hybrid car that you use for those long road trips. But just for getting Mm -hmm. around town and commuting, like nothing beats an EV in my opinion. No, especially not the financial savings. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I I know for me, I went from driving a gas powered car and spending about uh, $200 plus a month on gas. Yeah. I was in the same boat. (laughs) yeah, Yeah. It's insane how much money I would just throw away into into gas mm-hmm. um and then ever since we switched to electric i've been spending less than uh 30 a month wow. on my full commute when i was driving to work yeah but, yeah um you save so much money by switching to electric yeah that's crazy yeah but they're perfect commuter cars definitely i agree definitely yeah. so funny story about charging um i do a lot of like local events here and we'll help out at different ev events in columbus and i'm, I'm sure brandon has done the same but when you're talking to different people you hear some some very interesting stories from either EV like new EV owners or potential EV owners. But one of our like group leaders here in Columbus, uh, she said she was talking to somebody and they just bought an EV and apparently the dealership told her that you can only charge at this station right here when she picked up her car. And this station right. right here was the station at the dealership. Because a lot of car dealerships have like EV charging stations there if they sell EVs to kind of demonstrate it to people. So when she bought the car, she was under the impression that anytime she needed to charge, she had to drive back to the dealership, plug in her car and let it sit there for four hours (laughs) to to keep her car charged. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
So luckily, with, at one of these events, we were able to tell her, no, you can also charge in your garage or at home or literally anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thousands of locations across the country. Yeah, you're not just limited to the single charger here at the station. So. Oh, my gosh. Which I'm even surprised somebody, like, bought an EV if they were under that impression. Like, that's very impressive yeah. to take that leap. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was about to say dedication. Yeah. So <laughs> what um what kind of car was it? I have no idea. I'm thinking it was either like a bolt or a leaf or something like that. But yeah. Bought it at some dealership wow. in Columbus and thought that was the only place that they could charge it. Wow. Yeah. This this is where education plays a key. Yeah. Not from the consumer side, but also the dealership exactly. side. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. One of the I've told you wow. a million times, but one of the videos I want to do is like an undercover camera thing where i've got somebody sitting oh. in a car and like recording me where i go talk to to dealers trying to buy an ev and just see what kind of ridiculous stuff they come up like with because a, a secret chopper type thing. yeah <laughs> <laughs> well because a lot of That'd people awesome. at least from what i've heard a lot of people go into it buy an ev and i thankfully have not bought a car at an actual dealership and i don't really ever want to but <laughs> but yeah. they'll go in to buy an EV and they'll be like, oh, well, those cars aren't this great. Let me show you this new other car that we've got. Like they'll kind of steer yeah. you away from EVs because they know they can't get all the maintenance and all the other stuff from that. Yeah. So well, except the Bolt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at least my Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> at least mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely attest to that. I bought plenty of cars from dealerships and um, when I bought my first Volt, it was kind of like a, you don't want this, you can have this car wow. instead. This is better. And it's, it's almost like a consumer argument. Yeah. Why, why you should get this car. Yeah. yeah. Which is a shame. Cause I mean, like you as the consumer, if you're looking at a car, like you should get the car you want. So kind of like we're here to help you through that process. Cause it doesn't sound like a lot of dealerships or the people actually selling the cars are very good at about educating people yeah i think i think it will definitely get there as evs become the norm definitely within like dealerships mm -hmm. but i i agree right now education is where it where it falls yeah, yeah fortunately we've actually got a like program here in columbus it's called the electrified dealer network or something like that but they actually hmm. like put the dealers through training so that they know how to sell evs and what to talk about oh, wow. and basically kind of telling them don't steer people away from these vehicles because this is a, a potentially huge market and you want to be a part of that oh yeah absolutely so it's definitely changing i don't want to like completely dump on uh dealers here but <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully hopefully that gets away here in cleveland i know where we bought our bolt um the dealership was very focused on electric cars oh okay yeah so it was a very easy experience <laughs> that's good but yeah yeah, hopefully some of the other dealerships fall suit. Well, do you want to wrap this up? I think we're we got pretty good here. Oh darn it! I didn't think of a joke. I thought you had one. You no, said last time you were brainstorming. Man, I'm trying to think of a dad joke. It's all charging related, so. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't think of one. Do you have one? I don't know. This is all you, oh, man. man. <laughs> the pressure's on. <laughs> Well, guys, I really hope that this podcast has left you charged up. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> I'll try harder in the next one. <laughs> so that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, again, like we mentioned at the top of the episode, if you've got questions you want us to answer or any feedback at all, definitely hit us up on social media. Yeah, definitely. If you have any questions or concerns about electric vehicles, let us know. We're here to talk about that. All right. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. See you guys.